Now welcoming on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. We promise you a very special guest and a very special guest indeed. We have the son of New Orleans, Grammy award-winning artist, songwriter, musician, actor. The titles go on, the accolades go on. It is none other than himself, Harry Connick Jr. Harry, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Caroline. Good to be with you. We are so happy to have you on. And, and first, before we get things started, happy belated birthday to your wife, Jill, and your father, who both had birthday, birthdays this past week. Oh, yeah. Thank you. It, and my, my, my stepmom, too, actually. So it was a big, we went down uh, and we went to, we celebrated uh, my stepmom and Irene's. And then my dad had a big, uh, uh, like a drive-by birthday thing. So you know, he just turned 95. So it was really fun. He, he sat out on the lawn and we all sat with him and people just, you know, for hours just drove by and, wow. and it was really cool. I love that. Yeah. What's, what's this year been like? I mean, with your dad, obviously being older and, and this COVID-19 affecting everyone, what has this past year been like for your family? I can't even imagine. Well, we're, you know, we're some of the lucky ones. I mean, right. I think about all of the, all of the people out there who sacrifice so much to keep us safe you know, those are the people in my thoughts and prayers. I mean, we had some setbacks over the last year, lost some people, you know, that were very close to us, but you know, it, it's, uh, it's been tough for everyone. And, and I'm just glad that it looks like we're finally starting to see the end of it. Yeah. Hopefully the, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Well, Harry, you know, I listened to um, your interview from a few years back when the Saints podcast, formerly known as the Black and Blue Report, uh, you came on and you were join, joining uh, Sean Kelly on the show. And you said, if you were to play for the Saints, you would play tight end because you'd run a 6-1. Would you like to update your time on your, your 40 speed or your position? Or Is that what I said? Down the, yes, you said 6-1. Yeah, I'd be like a slot guy. I'd just sit out there and wait. And, you know, if you needed like a, a half a yard, for like I'd be that guy. I definitely, I wouldn't, I'd just wait out on the edge and that's it, man. That's all I need to do. You don't need speed when you can just get the first down. You don't. Would you, would you be more of a blocking tight end? Do you have I'd do whatever they ask me to do. I'd be, you know, now I don't, Caroline, I don't know if you know this, but did you know that I was signed to the Saints for one day? I did know that we have yeah. picture, we have photo evidence. You oh, wore you those shoulder pads quite well, I must say. <laughs> Not quite. Uh, you know, for me, it, it's it's like, it, I know it sounds so stupid, right? I mean, I was so nervous about getting signed. I, I, I thought they may trade me on the same day they, they signed me. But it was so like, I mean, that's like my entire childhood is watching those saints. And so, I mean, they started the year I was born. So it's been like a part of my life. So, you know, that, that one day of just kind of pretending that I was a saint, it was like the highlight of my life. That's incredible. And, and the black and gold looks so, so natural on you, Harry. I must that's say. my jam. I mean, that's <laughs> my jam. That's what I wear anywhere. All I wear is black and I love gold. So and it's just, I'm so glad we have cool colors. Yeah, I notice in, in most of your videos, you're wearing a, a Saints hat, a beanie, always. Uh, always. always. Do you own any other hats or are you just a flirtly That's hat? all I wear. People give me caps. I remember somebody gave me a Packers cap one time and oh my gosh, like what am I supposed to do? Like I can't, I can't wear that. I remember when Adrian Peterson was playing on the Vikings and he came to the Dome to play and somebody came up to me on the sideline. I was hanging out before the game and they said, hey, you want to meet AP? I'm like, I can't go over there. <laughs> like, I was serious. Like, I said, what am I supposed to do? Walk onto the Vikings? So, because for, for me, it's like a religion. So you talk to the Saints players and they're like, man, look, we're just playing football game. Right. But like, well, you know, I mean, you're an athlete to the fans. It's, it goes way beyond sports. It's like a, like a cult almost. 
Harry, I must know, how have your game day traditions changed? Because I imagine you and your family had traditions. You talk about the the first year the Saints started was the year that you were born. So it's kind of in your blood. How have those traditions changed? And maybe some of the things that you picked up from your family over the years, or have they changed? Or have they stayed They the haven't same? changed too much. Like, I, I just remember, um, like, when I was a little kid, you know, I wasn't really interested in football when I was like three and four. I just didn't understand it. But I remember hearing my dad hollering like crazy, you know, just he would eat uh, peanuts and drink a beer and watch the game when he wasn't taking me to the game. And uh, it, it really hasn't changed. I mean, like I, I sit around with my kids. My wife is a huge Saints fan. So we just get very it, it's it's like it's like a, buying a puppy like you love that puppy and you know maybe one day you're not going to have that puppy anymore but you don't care the, the love that you have is, is, is surpasses that and it, the saints are like that like it hurts when we lose but the, the wins feel so good that it's just we give everything we we basically just you know sit around and scream and yell for hours who's jill's favorite player your wife Who, who's her favorite oh player? she's a huge Taysom hill fan really she loves Taysom Hill yeah I mean she obviously was a, a big Drew fan she loved Jimmy Green when Jimmy was on uh sorry I have my tenor player's name Jimmy Green Jimmy Graham <laughs> she um I had I had uh asked I asked Jimmy Graham to make her a uh, a video for her birthday one year and I thought I really thought she was gonna leave me for him you know like how do you compete with Jimmy Graham you know what I mean I, I uh, yeah no you know, it wasn't looking good for you Harry I'm just gonna say that, that yeah I mean, you know and even if you try to be cool like you're standing around a guy like that, I would never let her meet him ever because that would be it it'd be end of my family or taste them or anybody I'm just keeping them all away and of course our daughters are like Alvin Kamara all three of them would marry that guy today <laughs> I, I might marry Alvin Kamara today I mean we just love but, but, you know, Demario Davis, I mean, I think about, I just love, I love our team. I just love our team. Well, you talk about this year and, uh, you know, the difficulties that you've all had. Did, Harry, were you guys in an RV at some point? I, yeah. I saw the, the memories of, that you guys made in the RV. Tell me a little bit about that experience. So that was right at the beginning of the pandemic. And I was sitting in lockdown with my family saying, you know, what can I do? I, I feel so helpless here. I don't, I don't really they're not letting us leave and I, I don't really know what I can do so right. my daughter Georgia is a photographer and a director I said let's run an RV and drive down to New Orleans and stop along the way and thank the essential workers and just let them know that they're loved and appreciated and then on the on the way I can call up some of my friends in show business get them on an iPad and have my friends thank them too so people wow. like Brad Pitt and Oprah Winfrey and Sandra Bullock uh, they thanked them. And, and I told CBS, I said, Hey, you want to film it, film us doing it. And that way, everyone that, that is working so hard to keep us safe can, can, can see that how much they're loved. And they said, yeah. So we did a, a TV special and it ended in new Orleans. And I sang a song that I wrote for the essential workers called star still shine at uh, Jackson square. So it was, it was a really great trip for us. It's so clear that New Orleans is near and dear to your heart. And it's so uh, fulfilling, I'm sure, to give back to the city that has given you so much um, and your family so much. But Harry, with 
with your love for the Saints, obviously there comes a love with with Drew Brees and him calling it a career um, this past offseason. I'm sure you have a few uh, Drew Brees stories up your sleeve on and off the field. First, can we start with the off the field memories? Have you guys gotten dinner or anything? I need to know some good Drew Brees stories that you okay, have. I'll give, I'll give you some stories, but this this again will affirm or reaffirm what I'm what I'm talking about with the way I think about the Saints. Mm -hmm. I know this sounds crazy, but like, I would never text Drew Brees during the season. Like, I just wouldn't do it. Or if I did, it was in response to maybe something he said to me or something that was, you know, really important. Like, I, right. I wouldn't, like, like on game day and stuff like, like, I just would never, I always never would want to say hi to those guys because it's, it was almost, I mean, I shouldn't say the word sacred, but it, you know, it's taboo. It's a little taboo, yeah. Yeah, you know, and so um, with with Drew, like I never wanted to bother that guy. Like he he had such an immense load on his shoulders. I mean, if you really think about it, I, and I think you could make an argument for the fact that the Saints uh, were probably the main reason New Orleans came back after Katrina. I really, really believe that. It goes so far beyond football. And here's the quarterback of that team. I mean. This is this is really heavy stuff. So like I, I know it sounds crazy, but I'll probably get to know Drew better now that he's not playing. Just because I I was like I wouldn't I would never want to bother that man, you know, while he was in the throes of a season or because because his responsibilities were were so great. And and I I mean I saw him a bunch of times and he was always so nice. You know I was in the locker room one time after a game and I was talking to a couple of players and my daughter Kate was there with her boyfriend at the time and drew kind of came up behind me and put his arms around me and hugged me. And I didn't know who it was. And the, 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 the faces of my daughter and her boyfriend, th their jaws just dropped, you know, and it, I turned on, it was, it was drew. And just to, you know, they, they couldn't believe they're like, wow, you know him. I'm like, yeah, I've known him for a while. And he's, he's just an, he's an incredible guy. He, as we all know, I mean, I couldn't tell you anything you don't know. I will tell you one funny thing. He came to the Musicians Village one time, which is something that I started with my buddy, Branford Marsalis, which is the neighborhood surrounding the Ellis Marsalis Center for Music. And we were doing something for some TV show. And I, I, I wanted to um, give him a piano lesson. So he sat down at this piano and I said, okay, Drew, just play a note. And he took his ring finger and pressed a note down, which is so not the finger Anyone right, it's usually else the would, pointer finger, right? Yes, you'd use your index with, finger right. or maybe a thumb, but he used, and I'm like, this is never going to happen. This guy is never going to play the piano, and I'm so happy about that because if he had been able to play, that would have just rocked my world, you know, And because, you know, Jill and, and the girls are standing around. I'm like, dude, if you can play piano, seriously, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna do my best to tackle you and pummel you on the ground. Like, that would be so unfair. Um, but, no, he he's just, he's he's always been so kind and the, the Drew Brees that people see in the media is really the 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 Drew Brees that um that that I that I know Harry I'm not gonna lie to you I thought that story was gonna go a different direction I thought you were gonna say he pressed down with his ring finger and then he started playing you know some sweet yeah. melody no, <laughs> I thought he was I, I, automatically good at it that that would have been that would have been it you know there was a there was something that was supposed to happen that day, but it didn't happen. I wanted him to fire like a line drive at me from like 15 yards just to see if I could catch it. And I, I wanted to, I was willing to break a finger or 
whatever I had to do just to, I mean, I'm not talking about like a little, yeah, no, I really, I really wanted to experience the power of an NFL quarterback throw, um, but it, it didn't happen. I'm, I'm kind of glad it didn't because I'm, I, I would have broken at least one finger or a bone in my chest or something. So I'm sorry it didn't, uh, I'm kind of glad it didn't happen, but uh, it would have been fun. Yeah, I think all your fans, maybe your agent, maybe your wife is probably happy that that, uh, that didn't go. Yeah, through. I think so. But, I, but, you know, I just wanted to feel that. Now, now, now Taysom, I, I, I still have a chance with him, you know, so maybe, yeah. and I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about go easy on me. I mean, I want you to fire that thing at me from about 15 yards as hard as you can possibly throw it. I just want to see what happens. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard uh, Taysom has some zip on it. So I'm oh sure my gosh. We that happened. Maybe we yeah. should sign you back for now. I almost broke my sternum when I was working with Thomas Morstead, like screwing around as a, a uh, in his position and the long snapper snapped it to me. And I, I thought I was going to die because the ball slipped through my hands and hit me in the chest. And Thomas said, dude, you got to catch it out in front of you. Like you can't like try to pull it in. I mean, it, it was like a bullet. It was so <laughs> embarrassing. I'm standing out there with all my gear on, like, uh, I wanted to no, die. I completely understand. I did the same thing. One time I, I caught a ball from a long snapper thinking it would be some easy thing. You know, I'm an yeah. athlete. I can catch it. And it burned my hands. I was like, wait, what is, what it is no that? joke. It is so different than, than, I mean, it looks so gentle on TV, you know, but it's, it's not. It really does. Well, Harry, being such a, a lifelong Saints fan, how much did Drew uh, and his era change the culture and the perception of the Saints? Every, it's everything. I mean, well, listen, there were some amazing teams before Drew, obviously. I mean, we had, I think, I, I remember, like, maybe it was like 1991 or something. We were like nine and one at some point. We had some great teams. I mean, we, we really did. Um, we had some bad teams, but so, so, so does everyone. But when Drew came and Sean Payton, that was a whole, I mean, they won a Super Bowl for us. I mean, as you know, and everybody knows, that's like impossible to do, to get that far into the season. And then the postseason starts and it's like a new season and your guys are tired and they're playing the best of the best. And then, I mean, when they did that onside kick at the beginning of the second half, that was, we, we, no one could believe what we were seeing. I, I've asked Sean Payton about that a hundred times. Like, what were you thinking? And, 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 and to have Drew lead us to that championship, I was standing with his wife and I forget which baby it was with the headphones on when he, when he went out for the Super Bowl celebration. I believe it's Balin. I think it's the firstborn. I've yeah. And, and we were standing with them and just, you know, right before everybody went out on the field and just looking at her and thinking about what this child is going to, think about his dad one day and no drew drew Brees changed everything for us i mean he made us a team that consistently year in and year out was a super bowl threat a threat to win the super bowl i mean we know what the past three four years looked like you know it was we easily could have had five rings so yeah. i think it's five or three, three or four plus the one we have so yeah we, he, could, have, we know, could have easily gotten five yeah i agree yeah i mean we could have I mean, we were favored to win all of those and uh, it is what it is, you know, and, 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 and that's the legacy Drew Brees has. I mean, he's so, that's what I felt like I learned about what's about anything, not, not, not just sports, but performers, whatever it's the unbelievable golfers, you know, it's the consistency. I mean, you may have a guy who has a great day, but every week, you know, obviously there were weeks when certain performances were better than others, but you always felt like you were going to at least have a, the edge to win the game 
I remember when we beat the Patriots in, I guess it was 2008 on our way to 2009, thinking in my head, I, I hate to say it, but I was like, there's just no way. Like we, we can't beat these guys. And then when Drew gets out on the field, he's the same Drew Brees. He's calm. He's cool. He's such an unbelievable master of working those progressions. And just, I mean, it's just unbelievable work ethic. And you just thought, you know, if anybody's going to win this game, it's going to be him. How excited are you to hear him in the booth, Harry? Because I am excited to get inside the mind of Drew Brees. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, like, like everybody talks about Tony Romo and how amazing it is. And he predicts things. And I, I, I love Tony Romo. I think, I think he does a great job, but I think Drew is, I mean, he, he's like um, a, a very rare um, combination of talents. I mean, not only is he a great leader, he's an unbelievable quarterback. Um, he's incredibly articulate. Um, I think he has the ability to distill these, these high concepts down to, you know, these accessible uh, bites that we can understand um, as, as just fans of the game. I think he's got, you know, and he's a, he's a sweet guy and he, he's charismatic. He's got all of the things that are in place to, to really make the game more fulfilling for all of us. Well, Harry, of course, we don't want to keep you too much longer, but we do want to highlight some of the projects you've been working on. You released uh, the Fear of Rain movie released in December of uh, 2020. And then most recently, uh, you released your album Alone With My Faith on March 29th, I believe. Can you tell us a little bit about that project? Sure. I, I remember being on the road in uh, March of 2020 and, you know, coming home, tour got canceled and I was sitting at home uh, thinking, you know, I, I would like to record some music. So I have a studio at home and I ended up doing an album um, about my faith and, and all the whole spectrum of it throughout this pandemic. You know, when I found out that somebody I love died or when I found out that, uh, you know, some good news, uh, it was the whole spectrum of faith. And, and uh, I just wanted to do, and I recorded all of the instruments and sang all the, I did it alone. Really, there was no one here. There was no recording engineer. So all of the instruments and all the vocals are me. And, and it was a chance for me to kind of go pretty deep within myself and, and think about how faith um, could get me through in real time. So I'm, I'm happy with the record and, you know, I hope it resonates with folks. Any other projects that you're working on right now, Harry? I'm working on a ton of stuff. Um, I'm, I can't really talk about any of it. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me, just cause it's, um, you know, a little too early, but yeah, there's a bunch of stuff that, uh, that I'll be talking about real soon. Well, we will certainly uh, be itching to keep an eye, an eye on that, uh, especially on your social media, on your website, on your Twitter. And uh, hopefully, Harry, we will be seeing you at a Saints game here in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome next season. I cannot wait. I think it was amazing that the NFL was able to pull off this last year. I, I for one, did not think it was going to happen. But the fact that they got through the whole season and all the way through the Super Bowl was unbelievable. Um, I think, you know, Saints should have been there again, but that, you know, that's the, the breaks. But listen, I, I feel really great about the roster next year. And, you know, I'm so grateful to Drew Brees for his incredible uh, dedication and, and excellence over these, was it's been 16 years, I think, something like that. So, you know, God bless him and his family on their new endeavors. And, and thank you for allowing me to, uh, to talk about something that I'm so passionate about. Hey, my, ple my pleasure, Harry. We appreciate you. We appreciate your time. And like I said, hopefully we're seeing you here soon. I look forward to it. All right. Have a good one. You too, Caroline. Thanks. 
That was Harry Connick Jr. joining us here on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. We will have another episode for you later on this week, so make sure you're checking out the iTunes app and, of course, turning on your notifications on your Saints app. For Caroline Gonzalez, Harry Connick Jr., thanks so much for listening to this episode of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek.